Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Hey guys, how you guys doing? Welcome to Tree of Life Church on Wednesday nights. I'm excited to be here. You excited to be here? It is a good night to be in church, amen? That's great. I'm excited because... We are continuing with a series that we've been doing for the last few weeks, starting with Pastor Ken, called The Mysteries Revealed. It's a great study about the book of Ephesians, and if you guys have not jumped in yet in the book, it is a perfect time for you to jump in and start following along, go home, read it, study it. This is one of the most influential books in my life. I study this book constantly uh, just because of the power and all of the juice and all the meat that's found inside of the the scriptures in, in, in Ephesians. Um, but so I encourage you guys, go home. If you haven't started yet, start just picking it apart. I mean, verse by verse, just go through uh, the book of Ephesians and that way next week, or not next week, when we resume after VBS, you guys will be already above the, I mean, you could guys get up here and you preach it, right? That'd be good. There's only a couple nervous chuckles there. <laughs> Let's open up in prayer. Father, we thank you so much that we can come to the house of the Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you are here in our midst. We thank you, God, that you are the God of family. You are the God that created diversity in families as well. And so, Father, I thank you that you are here with us in this diverse crowd, in this, in this crowd that has different colors, different races, different ethnicities, different genders, different social classes, different economic classes. God, you are the God that created us all to be one family. God, I worship you for that. And I pray tonight that we would become the family of God. We would, we would realize that we are a part of that family and we would become more united as that family tonight in Jesus' name. I pray every ear would hear tonight the word that you would have to say. I pray that every heart would be receptive to, to receive the, uh, the implanted word, the seed that is sown tonight. I pray that every, over every heart in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. amen. So my name is uh, Joshua Pinkston. I'm the student ministries pastor here, if you guys didn't know. Um, <laughs> I'm always back there with the, with the students, if you haven't recognized that yet. Um, yeah. So if you don't know who I am, you guys can always come back and visit me one time before I kick you out, because we have too much fun back there. So anyway, let's jump in. How about? So we are studying the book of Ephesians, and if you have notes, I believe the ushers passed out notes, Right? Uh, if you need pens or any of the notes, raise your hand. The ushers will get you. Look at his hands all over the place. Please, I encourage you guys to take notes. This is, oh, we're out? Wow, that's great. I mean, well, not great for you guys, but <laughs> not for those who don't have them. You guys can always look on the notes with your neighbor. That's good. Share. That's good, because we're family. <laughs> all right. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter two, because we're studying the book of Ephesians, so it's gonna be good. Ephesians chapter two, verse 19. It says this in the English Standard Version. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. 
In him, you are also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Verse one of chapter three says this, for this reason, I want you to take note of that, for this reason, Paul is saying, for this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus on behalf of you Gentiles. What he is saying right there is for this reason of what I just said. So we, we'll, we'll open up the book of Ephesians and turn to chapter three and we'll start reading. And it says, for this reason, and we just start off from there. And we never look in context of what, well, what reason, Paul? If you only start in the book uh, uh, of chapter three of the book of Ephesians, you won't understand for this reason. It is so important when we're diving into the word of God to, um, to study it in context. Uh, I, I can't stress that enough. I always say to the students back there, read your stinking Bible. They know it. They, they say it with me. They know to read their Bible. Uh, but knowing how to read your Bible is also important. You don't just pick up a novel and turn to chapter 24. Oh, Johnny. Oh, this is great. Who are you? No, you don't do that. You always start from the beginning. It's the similar thing with this. When you're reading a book, it's good to know the context in which uh, it's being talked about. So let's start there. For this reason, so what he said is, you're all part of a family, it says. So then you're no longer strangers or aliens, verse 19, but you are fellow citizens, fellow citizens. Let me read out of the message translation. Verse 19 of chapter two, it says this. That's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here. Let me stop there for a minute. Who's ever felt left out before? Hmm, yeah, right? Come on. I am from California. I shouldn't probably admit that to a group of Texans, but I am from California. I've lived here for a year and a half now. I am from California. There are things that you guys do that I feel left out. When you all laugh at something, I'm like. <laughs> and it's like a half second behind everybody else, and it's like awkward silence when everybody kind of looks at me. Or everybody's talking about football, and I'm like, yeah, Raiders. No? Oh, come on. Pastor Ken feels my pain. Pittsburgh, really? I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, there's a couple. Hey, you're not alone. See, I might be alone with the Raiders, but that's, <laughs> that's all right. See, you are no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here in what he is building. He used the apostles and the prophets for foundation. Now he's using you. Fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day. A holy temple built by God. All of us being built into it. A temple in which God is quite at home. That's a mouthful. And then it goes into verse one. This is why I, Paul, am in jail for Christ, having taken up the cause of you outsiders. I asked the question, who's ever felt left out before? You see, God created us to have the revealed wisdom of God to know who we are all created to be. 
He gave us the revealed wisdom of God. And how did he do that? He gave us his word. See, in, in, in Ephesians, Paul is writing to a bunch of people who did not have their Bible yet. When you can tell them, read your stinking Bible, they didn't have one. They, Ephesians, they weren't even allowed to know about the Old Testament I mean, they, they might have gone, some of them would go into the, a synagogue and they'd sit outside and they would listen to the rabbis or the Pharisees and they would teach and they would listen, but they were never allowed to hold it. They were never allowed to touch it. They were now, never allowed to even look at it. It was, they were unclean. They were outsiders. They felt left out all the time. And so when Paul's talking to them, he's like, you are not left out. You are not outsiders. You know how I know this, Paul said? He says, it's been revealed to me by the Spirit of God that now we have all been created to have the revealed wisdom of God. And Paul is telling us that. Last week, Pastor Dave taught us about the reconciliation of the Jews and the Gentiles. And he had a few of us raise your hand. I wasn't in here for that, but he said, if you're a Gentile, raise your hand. And he explained what a Gentile was, simply somebody that's not a Jew. <laughs> you're not a Jew. And if you are Jewish, he had you raise your hand. I think there was two of you, Abi and Rob, and Rob's not here, so there's only one Jew in here. If you're Jewish, you can raise your hand and be proud. Where's my Jews at? There you go. Thank you, Jessica. There's another one. you Jewish. Raise your... Yeah, you go. You'd be all proud of that heritage. But see... There's no longer a difference between you and me. In fact, I didn't have this in my notes, but in, first, uh, in, in Romans, it, or yeah, I believe it was in Romans where he says, we're all Jews of the circumcision of the heart. Yes, I said that word, circumcision. And he says, we're all Jews now, in heart, in spirit, because the revealed wisdom of God has been revealed to us. It's made us one family. Pastor Dave was talking about there's no segregation anymore. There's no more separation. There's none of that. See, the mystery has been revealed. See, he said, mercy is God withholding from us what we deserve, but grace is God giving us what we do not deserve. As Paul said, though, we, the Gentiles, and I'll proudly wave my hand, I'm a Gentile, we're given grace instead of judgment because God is merciful. And if God's been merciful, you didn't say Amen. Man, right? That's what chapter two is about. So when chapter three starts, Paul is saying in the context of what I just said, for this reason. And we'll get into that now. I remember a time I was in high school and I, I went out, uh, I did a class trip to Germany and I taught some German students English. I don't know how, they knew better English than I did. Uh, and, and, I, I, and I taught a, a group of them that, but I was there during the World Cup. I believe it was 97 or 95, 96, or, or around that time. And, and the World Cup was going on in this town in Germany, and I was in this town. And it just so happens that the 4th of July was in that month, and we're going down, and I realize I'm a high schooler, I'm American, and I'm in Germany. Uh, us Americans, when we travel through Europe, we're usually looked down upon for this reason, and I don't blame them. Now that I've gained some wisdom and gone overseas a lot, I see this now. But I was, during the World Cup, Germany's playing, God bless America, 
and I'm singing these songs walking down the street in Germany during the World Cup when their patriotism is at its highest, and here's this American also singing the national anthem. There's a group of us. You can imagine our reception. (laughs) I remember the moment, though, that Germany lost. I was in the city, and Germany lost to, like, Croatia or some place like that. I know, how'd it happen? But Germany lost, and suddenly we're walking down the street, and the whole city was, ah! That fast. Completely silent. No car noises, no honking, no nothing. And literally, we're in the streets, nobody's around, because everybody's in watching the game, nobody's in the streets, I'm 16, I had already seen um, um, the Thief in the Night, the 1970s uh, Left Behind series, and so I'm immediately thinking, oh God, I, I've been, they've raptured, I'm gone, I'm, oh, 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 and, and, and nobody, so we're walking around, where is everybody, and we walk into our hotel, and we walk into the lobby, and thank God there was people, we're like, oh, okay, right on, it's not a horror film, and we see them though, and they're all weeping. Young, old, everybody in between, they are all weeping. In Germany, we, what, I asked them, what happened? And I said it in German, I'm not gonna even try to say, was passiert this or was ist los? And I got the, uh, the answer that Germany had just lost. And they were all crying. And see, back then, uh, American soccer was not that big. We didn't even have Beckham yet. And, and, and so not many people watch soccer. I personally played it, um, but I didn't watch it because I don't even think it was on TV yet. And, and, and so I'm like, so? What's the big deal? I was the outsider. And you, you imagine my, uh, here's the American singing the national anthem and then asking what's the big deal to a bunch of Germans after they lost. Thank God they didn't kill me. I mean, World War II all over again, it would have been bad, um, but thankfully it didn't happen. See, we were out of the loop. We weren't part of society. We didn't get it because we weren't German. Who's ever felt that? I felt it all the time. I'll ask it again. Have you ever felt left out? See, you didn't catch maybe what happened You're half a step behind everybody, like the odd one out. God, though, he didn't have that in mind when he created us. He created us, like I said, to have that revealed mystery. And that's good news because we were to know who we were all created to be. Maybe you might be sitting here. You might be sitting here looking around, wondering about all those who are sitting around you. And you might be seeing, oh man, yeah, that guy, he's looking over and left You've seen that person this like, maybe during one of those times of the moments and somebody's weeping during worship, or you look over there and somebody's like full-blown, full-masted hands up during worship, and, and you're, you're kind of like one of those, man, what's, did I miss something? I mean, worship's pretty good, yeah, but like, look at them, like, they're crying, like, they're full-blown masked, I mean, like, wow, like, did I miss something? Have you ever felt that way? I mean, I do all the time, and, I, and I'm a preacher. I, I feel that way, like, what did I miss? But see, God created us uh, to know things, to be part of something. 
See, society, this world's culture has taught us to only associate with those we are comfortable with. So uh, that's new to me, honestly. That's, that's new to me. I, I, from California, it is a hodgepodge. In fact, a study just came out uh, in, in California that Hispanics now outnumber white people. That's, sorry, but to be honest, that's always been that way. And they just come out with a study now. They just found that out like 50 years late. Yeah, I mean, you're 50 years behind times, dude, seriously. Uh, it's, we, it's been a hodgepodge all the time. And, and, but see, even in our society, even in California, being the hodgepodge what it was, you only see, you only associate with those that are like-minded or like color or maybe not like color in California, but uh, uh, like economically. Uh, and, and I don't hang out with, I lived in Pleasanton. I don't hang out with the people on the other side of the hill. Those are Oakland people. Hmm. See, that's what society teaches. They teach us to only associate those we act like, those we look like, those we smell like. One of my best friends growing up was Pakistani. And she smelled like curry all the time because she cooked curry all the time. It was one of my most favoritest and most comfortable smells in the world. I smell curry and I feel like I'm at home. I would go to her house, she would make me the best food you'll ever imagine, and we would eat with our hands. See, people looked at me weird because I would bring her food to school and I would eat it traditionally with her and her, you know, and the other Pakistani and Indian people. People looked at me weird because I associated with those who weren't part of my economical or my social class. And see, we do that here. We do that in here. See, maybe even you might be in here and you've been leaning away from that person that's sitting next to you because they don't look like or they don't act like or they don't smell like you and you're married to that person. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to say that out loud. <laughs> see, God created us to be one. Let's see how. See, the mystery has been revealed. Ephesians chapter three, verse two, says this in the message paraphrase. I take it that you're familiar with the part I was given in God's plan for including everybody. I got the inside story on this from God himself as I wrote to you in brief. See, as you read over what I have written to you, you'll be able to see for yourselves into the mystery of Christ. None of our ancestors understood this. Only in our time has it been made clear by God's spirit through his holy apostles and prophets of this new order. The mystery is that people who have never heard of God and those who have heard of him all their lives, what I've been calling outsiders and insiders, stand on the same ground before God. They get the same offer, they get the same help, I'm going to add you to this, you get the same promises in Christ Jesus the message is accessible and welcoming to everyone across the board. This is my life work, helping people understand and re respond to this message. Did you hear that? That was his life work. We all have been given the revealed truth of God's will. He gave us the truth in his word. He gave us the truth in his word, but he also revealed truth through his spirit. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. It says this in the English Standard Version. These things God has revealed to us through the spirit, for the spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. 
For who knows a person's thoughts except for the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. That was revelation to the Gentiles. What do you mean? You mean God was given to me as well? You might be in here tonight and you might be thinking to yourself, oh, God could never reveal himself or God could never use me like that person. That person, like Cody was saying, he got saved when he was younger. That person was great. They got saved when they were young. They never did the things that I did. They never experienced the things, the hell that I went through. They can be used, but I can't. See, that scripture, what he is saying right there, Paul was saying this to Gentiles. He said, the same God of the Jews, the God that you had no access to unless you became something that you weren't supposed to be, you have the same access to that God, to the God of the universe that they do. What, what the mystery was all along, and I, I'm jumping ahead, so I'm gonna stop myself, but see, he's saying that same spirit that is from God is yours too. And, and that is the best news because Jesus spoke to his apostles, his disciples before he left, I'm not leaving you alone. He's speaking to the Jews. I'm gonna send you a helper. But see, see, Jesus came to reveal the mystery of God. And so many people are like, oh, not my will, not my thoughts. God's thoughts are higher than my thoughts and his ways far above my ways. And we quote that so, so well and so fluidly in the scripture in Isaiah that we don't ever bring it into context that, that his ways and his thoughts that are so far beyond our thoughts and our ways has been given to us now through the spirit of God. You do not have to walk around not knowing the thoughts, not knowing the ways of God. He gave you the same spirit that he gave Paul. So many people think, well, Paul wrote the, the, the New Testament. Paul was used. Yeah, Paul was a murderer. What? It doesn't matter what you've done. You have the same spirit that Paul had who wrote a third of the New Testament. Come on now. You have the same revelation knowledge that is inside of you that Paul did. That do I, Can I say this? That Jesus did. You have the same spirit that came down on Jesus when he was baptized. That same spirit, that same wisdom, that same knowledge is in you. We have all been given the revealed truth of God's will because he also gave us his spirit. He gave us his word. I love my Bible. I'm a, I, I kiss my Bible, don't think I'm weird. I love my Bible. Don't kiss your phone, Stefan. Uh, it's got germs on it. I love my Bible. But not only did God reveal himself through this, he gave us his spirit, amen? And that's, huh, that makes all the difference. See, Paul goes into it. Not only, not only did, are you not outsiders and foreigners anymore, he said this. See, it's, it's not just insiders and outsiders anymore. He said this, you are one. We are one. Jesus came to make a perfect family. Not a, a segregated or separated family. He came to make a perfect family. Because we are one. This is what this says. See, 
We have all been given what no one else in history had been given before. The truth that we're all one. Red and yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight. We sing that as kids, but then we don't act it. We don't practice it. We have black churches and Hispanic churches and Asian churches. I was a pastor at a, at a Korean church. Whoever would have thought that. Uh, we have, and then we have Tree of Life. <laughs> and amen for Tree of Life. I'm so blessed to be at a church that I can look out and have, see Hispanics and Asians and black and white and red and yellow and black and white. We're all precious in his sight. Well, maybe not you, but <laughs> I'm kidding. See, it's also why Jesus came. John 17, 21 says this in the New King James Version, that they all may be one. See, Jesus was praying in the garden, and this is what he said. It was one of the last things that Jesus said. You know when you've, who's ever read a novel and been like, oh, it's so boring, I'm just gonna read the last chapter. Who's ever turned there and be like, oh, yeah, I, I, I figured that anyway. Come on, young adults, come on, tell me. Thank you for being honest, young adults, who had ever had to write a book report. I just discovered this recently. Yeah, apparently, like, in the back of a lot of books, there's summaries. What is that? <laughs> come on, you're writing a book report based on the summary? But anyway, but you see at the last chapter, you figure things out and you're like, oh yeah, Billy wasn't dead the whole book. He was really alive and he marries Martha. Yay! And, and see, but, and you're always looking because it's the most important thing. It's the finale. It's like seeing the, the, the finale of fireworks at the end. See, this is what Jesus did. He prayed this and he said this, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. How many times did it say one? A lot. Jesus' last thing that he was praying, he said, God, he, he, cause Jesus had the revealed wisdom of God. He knew that there was going to be separation. He knew the 50s and the 60s were going to happen. He knew Martin Luther King Jr. was going to be born. He knew it. And he's praying, God, let them be one. As you and I are one, Father, let them be one. Jesus' desire for the church is that we be one. Not Baptist, not Presbyterian, not this and not that, not non-denominational or assemblies of God. I'm sorry, it's division, and it's Jesus was praying, God, let them be one. Sorry. My Southern Baptist self came out just then, I apologize. <laughs> that way be one that they be one. I mean, that should be our mantra, that we be one, that they be one, that we be one. You see that? It was what Jesus prayed before his death. Jesus' desire for us, you can follow along in your notes, Jesus' desire for us is A, for us to be one. But then it, back into Ephesians, it says this, and Paul had the revealed mystery of God revealed to him, and it says this, for the fellowship of the mystery, Ephesians chapter three, verse 19. See, this is what it said. Ephesians chapter three, verse 19 says this. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Nope, 
Not 19. I wrote it down wrong. What was it? Oh, it does say nine. Ha, I'm reading wrong. I do not need glasses. I'm not that old. I will stare you down right now. Verse nine, thank you. It says, and to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things. And to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery. I'm gonna get into that in a second, but it says, we should all celebrate and enjoy and encourage each other in the revealed mystery. And I just told you what the mystery was, that they be one. See, Jesus came to reveal the mystery of God, that they be one, that you be one. What did he pray for husbands and wives? That they be one. What did he pray for brothers and sisters? That they be one. Did, what did he pray over the Hispanics and the black? That they be one. What did he pray over the Asians and the whites? That they be one. The revealed mystery of God is that they be one. Jesus came, yes, to save the lost, to seek and to save the lost regardless of their sin, but to make you and I one to make you and I have a unity that the world doesn't know. This is what it talks about. The world will know us because of how we treat one another, how we love one another, that they be one. Amen? And thirdly, Jesus' desire for us is to reveal the mystery of this to the world. See, the world would know us by this mystery. That I'm going to treat Paul, and I'm going to treat Cody, and I'm going to treat uh, uh, Chris, uh, Kristen, and I'm going to treat Pastor Ken the same as I would, I would treat anybody else. I'm going to treat Angela, and I'm going to treat you, and you, and you too, <laughs> and Mercurio, and, and you, and you too. <laughs> Try to look, wow, it's awkward. But see, that's the revealed mystery. See, when we show that, that I love Pastor Ken, even though he beats me with a stick on Tuesdays, uh, I, and I show the world that I absolutely love Pastor Ken. I'm kidding, he doesn't beat me, it's with a stick. Um, but um, when we're one, it shows Jesus to the world. That's why Jesus prayed that we be one. Why, because God loves families. God loves big families. I grew up being raised by a family who ha now has 17 kids. Started with nine, and I started living with them with nine. God loves big families, and so did this family. And that's okay, no, they weren't Mormon. <laughs> See, the mystery to the world, we aren't to keep this knowledge to ourselves. Hey. Yeah, yeah, he knows who I'm looking at. I See, okay, here's a... A secret for all of you guys. If you don't have a beard, hey, you don't understand this. There's a secret society of, hey, of bearded ones. Am I right, Justin? Thank you, Philip. Uh, 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 Tim, am I right? We look at each other. We see. Mm-hmm. I can't reveal that to anybody. I just can't, it's just not how it works. But see, we're not to keep this knowledge that we have though, to ourselves. We're to reveal it to the world, amen? amen. When was the last time you shared Jesus with a stranger? You're meddling, Pastor Josh. 
You're meddling. When's the last time you shared Jesus with a stranger? Well, let me go on. Never, no, I don't want to go on. When was the last time you, you shared Jesus with someone of another color? It got real quiet. That uncomfortable silence just happened. Yeah. And it's still uncomfortable. I'm going to go on, Pastor Ken. Lastly, I'm going to close with this, guys. See, when we have, when we have the revealed mystery, when we've been, this mystery has been revealed to us, and this mystery is no longer a mystery, it's no longer a secret, when we have just this knowledge that we're to be one, it gives us ownership. It gives us ownership. See, Paul knew that when we start to gather together, Jews and Gentiles, blacks and whites, Hispanics and Asians, and women and men, and reveal our secret, we would take ownership of it. See, when you do something like volunteering, for instance, volunteers, I love you. I love you. We, ministry does not happen without volunteers. I volunteered for like 12 years before I ever started doing what I do. It, it, it is vital for the church. It is vital for what, and I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go on because I'm about to make fun of you in, in here. See, you just might go through the motions when you're a volunteer. I'm gonna go volunteer in the children's department because I have my kid there, but I'm only gonna do it once a month. I'm only gonna do what I'm told, and that's what I'm going to do. And I might not even show up, sometimes. <laughs> but see, when you take ownership of something, when you take ownership of something, you start looking ahead, you start making it better, you start showing up 10 minutes early, you start looking for the needs that are, are, are needed, and you're like, man, that, uh, this wasn't happening before, what do you think about this? Let's try this. You start cleaning up stuff, and you start going out of your way because it's yours. It's like a, a, a businessman who worked for the man and never did more than his job required him. That businessman was always felt subjugated, always felt oppressed until he went out and started his own business and realized how hard it was. But what did he do? He did it better than he ever did before. It's like the early, uh, early pilgrims who started, did you know our, our country was founded as a communist nation? Did you know that? You didn't? Well, look at history. It actually was. All of the pilgrims, when they first came over to Maryland, they put everything together just like the early church did. Yeah, I'm about to say something. The early church, they sold everything and they made everything all common. But you notice in there what happened, the widows started getting, the Hellenist widows, they started getting overlooked. Well, the same thing happened in our early church, our early history of America. And what happened, people stopped working so hard. But when suddenly they're like, okay, you can go have this land, it will be your land, you work it for yourself, not for somebody else, they flourished. Freedom caused them to flourish. And they discovered that before communist ever, communism ever was in existence. Karl Marx wasn't even born yet, who was a Jew, which is funny. But it wasn't even in existence. They found when they took ownership of their property, when they took ownership of what they had, they flourished and thrived. When you take ownership of this revealed mystery, better things happen. Are you just a volunteer or are you an owner? <clears throat> See, when you have it, when, when you have... <clears throat> I'm sorry. When you have ownership, it gives you, it gives you three things, and I'm, I'm ending with this. 
it, it makes you want to make known that mystery. When you have a, a secret when you're a kid, you kind of, <laughs> and, you want, and, and you want to just share that secret, but you can't because somebody's holding your mouth shut. <clears throat> but when that person comes up and tells you, no, 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 it's not a secret. You can go tell it. Oh, and I got to go tell her and I got to go tell him and I got to go tell, am I right? You just, you can't, we're not made to hold in secrets, but yet we do all the time. See, when we take ownership of something, it makes us want to broadcast it. It makes us want to be our own marketing manager and advertise the snot out of everything that Jesus ever did. When you take ownership, you're not a volunteer, you're owner, amen? It gives you boldness when you're an owner. My, my wife lo- uh, uh, is, a, is a freelance makeup artist. She absolutely loves what she does because she believes in her product. She will tell you, uh, don't go to her to get free makeup or get your makeup done. I do not do it. Um, <clears throat> but she's really good at what she does. She believes in it. She owns it. She loves it. She uses it. It get, makes her bold to say, you know, you might not want to try that because it's really clogging your pores and you look really haggard. But you should try what I give you. She has boldness to say things that are hurtful maybe, but not hurtful, and she does it in truth and love. But it made her bold. When you own this truth that we're one, that you and I are one, that we are one, and I'm out of the light, when we're all one, it gives me boldness to be one with you and to share it. Amen? That's what you want to do. And it gives you dedication. When you're an owner, not just a volunteer, well, well, they, they didn't do this for me. They said this about me. And they gave me constructive criticism. I'm out of here. See, when, when, when you own something and take ownership in what this mystery is, it doesn't matter if somebody who's black comes and tells me I'm white. Thank you. I... I, I It doesn't matter if somebody comes up and says, hey man, you hurt my feelings by what you said. I'm not going to give up because I own it. I'm a part of the family. Doesn't matter if what you said was slightly offensive or if we had a conflict, I'm not out of here. I'm not going to dare I say, get up and go to the other church down the road. Because I'm dedicated. I'm dedicated. When you own this, and this is what Paul was saying, when you own this, when you have this revelation of the mystery of God that you and I are one, that I love you, you love me, we are brothers, we are sisters, we're all family. I think that was a theme song in the 80s. Uh, um, (laughs) Come on. We we, We have boldness and dedication to what we know. Guys, I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been. I absolutely adore you. And I'll go out of my way for you. I don't care if you and I see differently on how to, how to I don't know, tie your shoes. It doesn't matter what it is. Our difference is opinion. We can still be dedicated to this cause. Amen. 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 Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask, we could think, we could dream, we could imagine, we could hope, we could feel, we could experience, above it all. Now to him 
who's given that power to you and me. He gave us power to be one. See, we're all like a glove. We're like a glove. By itself, by itself, it has no power. By itself, it has no use. It just sits there. But see, when a hand's put into it, it has the ability and the power to do what it was made to do, to warm the hand, to protect the hand, to do what it was created to do. See, that's what this verse is about. The power that works in us. See, the power that works in you, you're like a glove. God puts his power in you to be one with them. He puts his power in you to work his love on everybody. He puts his power in you where Acts chapter two says to Samaria or to Jerusalem and Samaria and Judea and to the ends of the earth. He makes you have that power, that boldness, that dedication to make it known because his power is working in you like a glove to work the works of God, to love like God loves because his power is in work in you. Paul was giving us the greatest way to apply it by praying the Ephesians prayers over yourselves. If you haven't prayed the Ephesians prayers over yourself, you should start today. You should start tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day because pretty soon you'll get that revelation inside of you and you'll, next thing you'll know, you'll be operating as the glove with the power of God to share the love of Christ to those that you never thought that you could love before. That's how you apply it. That's how you apply it. Honestly, when we get up and when we leave and we, we, we leave this place tonight, honestly, we should be looking how to apply this love, this unity, this revealed mystery of how we can be one, how we can be family. We should be looking a, a ways to do that, not just with somebody that looks like us. If we're, if we're losing our hair, I'm going to go to the other guy that has less hair than me or he who has a beard who has longer beard than, I'm, not, I'm going to go find that guy only. No, you should be looking to those who you would never associate with. You should be going out of here and going and saying, hey, you know, I've never met you. I am really sorry. We go all of our lives without knowing who's sitting next to us in the pews. And Jesus' last prayer for us was that they be one, that they be one, that they be one, that they be one. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas. Or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.